Thank you, Janet Lee. That was superb. And I, you know, that selection, where, where, that's just songs I grew up with. And I just love to hear them. And I love your fancy playing. God bless you. And hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be a very important broadcast. God bless you for being online to listen. This is going to be possibly one of my most important teachings because it is upon this subject today that at least 50%, if not two-thirds, of my teachings rest. And if you cannot come into this uh, revelation of this today, then you're very weak on many of the other things that I teach and believe uh, because this is the crux of, of, of the issues of, of doctrinal faith uh, that have been revealed to me, and it rests upon this subject. <clears throat> so today, it's the diary, the, the, the diary, the cows out of the way, the diary of Mary Magdalene, and we're into part seven. So here we go. We're going to um, <clears throat> start by repeating something that we've already said, how that in 1969 the Catholic Church officially repealed Pope Gregory's labeling of Mother Magdalene as a whore. And I think that what needs to be added to that, and I'll, I want to say it again, uh, that it is time for the rest of the, the world's churches to repeal their attitudes as to who Mary Magdalene was or was not. And I think that that is uh, very much uh, the will of God. And I think it's the time because, uh, you know, we are moving into the day of the uh, kings and queens ministry. And it's time for uh, the, the truth to get out and to be known. Now, um, there was a story, I like to tell this, I, I mentioned it before, but um, it was about when John uh, w was, went to the temple uh, to have his, um, his child, uh, who would have been John the, the Baptist, uh, brought before the priest. And um, uh, he was having little problems with the name that, that was uh, revealed to him that he was to, to uh, give to this uh, child. Uh, but anyway, as a result of that, uh, he was made dumb and not able to speak uh, the, the name. And I think, as I said last week, there are a lot of churches today that have this same kind of veil uh, over them to where they are not able to speak the holy manifestations. They're not able to speak the, the uh, holy word of God in, in the fullest sense. They're, they're uh, deep into 30-fold doctrine, and, and uh, you know God is wanting uh, people to get awake. It's time to move up to the 60-fold and the 100-fold doctrines. The Bible says, uh, you know, setting aside, laying, laying aside the principles of the foundations of the doctrines of Jesus Christ, the laying on of hands, the baptisms, the resurrection. Let us go on to perfection. Not that we will not still do these other things and recognize them, but there, it is the time to not just uh, keep reiterating. So we've said that before, but we will probably uh, take the time 
to say that more uh, than once. In Luke 1, 26 through 46, uh, incorporated within those verses, it speaks about the Holy Ghost will be witness. So the Holy Ghost will be witness today to this message. I feel uh, the Holy Spirit uh, here with me today as I speak. Uh, this is really an exciting time. Um, the Bible talks about uh, the the spirit of uh, of the Father speaks. Let's just uh, look at that uh, briefly in um, Matthew ten twenty. In Matthew ten twenty, uh, it is uh, important to um, put this uh, feather in our cap. For it is not you that speak, but the spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. So when they uh, deliver you up, it says to be uh, persecuted, tried. Uh, keep in mind that you don't just say what you think you ought to say, but it says that if you will give vent to the Holy Spirit, it will not be you that will speak, but it will be the Holy Spirit within you, the Holy Ghost, that will speak. So uh, as um, uh, believers and, and receivers of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, we have that covenant, we have that right, we have that promise uh, that the Spirit of, of, of the Father will speak through us. So that is, uh, that is a sensational thing. Now, I want to write off the start here, get into something that is very, very important because uh, the thing of understanding the relevance of the Father and the message of the Father in, in the, the, the overall understanding of Christianity is absolutely uh, essential. Uh, if you don't understand the message of, of the Father, then you cannot ex not understand the message of Jesus Christ. And uh, that is not a guess, that is not a maybe, that is a 100% solid fact. And that's very, very much Bible. Now, if we get into the book of, uh, not the Gospel of John, but the Epistles of John, which is closer over to the book of Revelation, and, you know, before it, uh, there is a very incredibly interesting scripture. And uh, it, uh, <laughs> I just have to take the time to read it today because it's, it's an eye-opener. And it's in uh, 1 John 4.14. 1 John 4.14. And um, in uh, that scripture, uh, you know, here is, here's what it says that is so very, very important. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Now, most people read that and they think, oh, well, that's uh, God. God sent uh, you know uh, Jesus to be the savior of the people on earth. Well, that's true, but that's only a very small fraction of understanding what that scripture means, because you have to understand what the word "world" is, and the world word uh, in, in the Greek is "cosmos," which means starry universe. So what it is really saying here is we have seen and do testify that the Father 
sent the Son to be the Savior of the universe. Now, when I am preaching things like um, out of Isaiah, and I, I am preaching, uh, say, let's say, if you want to turn there to Isaiah 51, uh, you'll be able to, uh, you know, once again, connect this uh, quite often repeated scripture that I quote, because uh, if you don't get this message, then you are just in a baby shell, and uh, you're just pecking around on the inside. You're not even out in the open yet. But uh, uh, God is wanting to wake up the church. He's wanting to wake up people and, and have them realize what the real true message of God is. And, uh, and so the message of God in, in Isaiah 51, 16 says, I have put my words in thy mouth, and I have covered thee in the shadow of mine hand, that I may plant the heavens the heavens and may and lay the foundations of the earth and say unto Zion, Thou art my people. Now we see where the the the, the work of Christ, the the work of the ministry, uh, is not limited in any way uh, to to just uh, the earth, but it is a foundation uh, level from which God is going to raise up a people, raise up uh, minds of the people to understand that this is a universal message. This is a universal uh, um, song. It, it is a universal revelation. And the people that are, are uh, you know, uh, self-suicidal because all they can think about is the whole world called the earth is, is, is going to die and they're, they're waiting any minute for the escape called the rapture. And, uh, and uh, they think that, uh, you know, the rapture is uh, going to come and they're just hoping it does come before all this destruction is let loose on the earth. But I, I want to tell you something, people. Uh, there is a lot of wrong, incorrect teaching. And I've had people say to me, you know, well, why, why of all the churches and all the people of the world that have been teaching these other things, um, uh, would the message come to you and, and uh, not come to all these other uh, ministers? Well, that is not uh, my business or my judgment uh, to, to, to know that. But I will tell you this, is that... that when the, the spirit of John the Revelator comes on me and the Holy Ghost begins to speak as I read you this script, scripture, uh, then I have a witness of the Holy Spirit of these things I am receiving, that they are truth. And, and to me, uh, you know, even if all the rest of the religious world out there taught and preached something different, I will not be affected by it. I'm, I'm here to preach this word that God has given, and I know it's the word of the future. And I know where, it's, that it's where things are going to go. And I know that the, the writings that I will leave behind when I exit here will one day uh, become uh, incredibly important uh, to people all over the world uh, because these revelations will become more and more sharpened to be the incredulous revelations that they are. And, and that day is coming. So we, we, we understand <clears throat> from this scripture in 1 John 4.14 that the Father sent Jesus 
to be the savior, not just of the earth, but of, but of the cosmos, of the universe. And that's what the word is, and that's what the word means. And that is verified uh, in the book of Mark. So if you just turn to Mark 16, 15, and, and you, you will see again, uh, as I have preached it before, uh, that, that uh, when we look at Mark 16, 15, it says, And he said unto them, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And the word world here, again, is cosmos. Go you into all the universe and preach the gospel. No wonder we need Isaiah 51, 16 to plant the heavens. No wonder that verse is pertinent because the plan of God is that the Father, the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Now, what is exactly the, the, the story of this? What, what is the connection? Well, here's the connection. You see, the, as I will read to you after a bit, the ophanims, are, are, they are not from this universe. They are from a different universe. And, and there was supposed to be a new group of people that would raise up, be, be, be raised up, and uh, these people um, would, be, would end up uh, with, with souls, and, um, uh, and, and they, would, they would start, you know, uh, they would start ministry uh, in this universe. And um, it, it is, uh, uh, was intended to be that way, but then we had the, 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 the uh, deceit of Lucifer Satan, or it was just Lucifer at the time, and, and what uh, happened by the fall of the angels. There was the fall of Lucifer Satan's co-un cherubim angels that were co-un within him, and there was the fall of the ophanims, and um, they fell to earth. So now the uh, ophanims are in mortal bodies. Uh, the uh, the, the uh, Satan cherubim angels, of course, are just uh, demons that go about trying to possess people. And they're not in physical bodies, except as they are in a body to possess it. So as we see that this story happened, uh, what we have is a universe here that has right at this moment no prospects for saviors to be raised up that are from this universe. Because like in all the other universes, like in the Troniverse, you see, you, you, had, you had one group of angels, which was the Ophanims, and then in each succeeding group, uh, uh, each succeeding universe, uh, you had a group of angels that would uh, come forth uh, from the overcoming of that universe, and um, and and so you had saviors of all these different groups that that came uh, from within, and they were part of that universe. That they were born in that universe, and they were responsible to become saviors. But but there's no savior in this whole universe that is uh, inherited by natural natural birth to this universe, uh, and so. Um, all that is available now, uh, and thank God for the Father, uh, is that, that he, knowing and seeing this situation, he assigned his son, Jesus Christ, uh, to be the savior of this universe, 
of this whole universe and to take it over until such a time as other um, uh, uh, new persons after the 70,000 years when all the Ophidims have had a chance to be regenerated and returned in their full status as angels or, or to fail. We, then then that will be resolved and and then the bible says that all of the persons such as we on earth whose names are written in the book of life because we all uh were were put in there before the foundations of this universe because we existed before from other universes but the people that are going to to rise up that are going to be the new people their names are not in that book and the bible says in revelations their names are not written in that book but of course one day in the long of time it will be written once they succeed and they are to become the saviors of this universe but in the meanwhile uh, uh you know the father uh is given the the uh the understanding to step in and and uh and has put uh, jesus uh under him in charge to be the savior of this world in other words to save this universe from from having a spiritual collapse so that we have an entire whole universe that goes from the beginning to the end and there is absolutely no new souls. Like even if all the Ophidim get redeemed, those are just souls that were redeemed before. They, they were saved from before. They were uh, born spiritual from before. But, but, but if we had a whole universe and there was not any new souls that had never been souls before that had become uh, 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 soul elects, uh, then that would be a failure of the entire universe. The universe, not just some little dinky planet that's smaller than a speck of dust compared to the giganticisms of all the huge uh, living places in the universe, but the universe would be a failure. And so now, the father, seeing this, stepped in and said to his son, I want you to be the savior of the world and teach your disciples, and which he did in, in, in uh, Mark 16, um, you know, 15, Mark 16, 15, he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, Jesus knew what the age of things were. He knew that, you know, at that time they didn't have rockets into space and all of that. But he planted that word in them because he also knew that some of them would uh, be regenerated, come back in later times, that that word would be etched, uh, uh, you know, and imprinted uh, in, in their very spirit. So, um it's just a beautiful thing and a glorious thing. Plus, he also knew that that word would be written, like in this Bible, and it would be written for persons who were moving by the Spirit of the Holy, Holy Ghost to be able to look in there and read and say, my God, this is, this is a, an incredible order. This isn't just about a planet called Earth. This is an order to go into all the cosmos, to all the universe, and to preach this gospel from the foundations of, of this earth. And so it is so outstanding. It is so amazing that it is beyond the beyond. This, that is the, the only thing that, that can be said here uh, because of its utter importance. 
Now, if you would turn with me, um, you know, um, to the book of, um, of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, please. And we're going to just keep this thing going because there is so much, so much that we want to, to say. So much. Now, in Revelations 3, 5, while we're just waiting for this uh, uh, a moment before we open up uh, chapter 14, <coughs> in, in Revelations um, 3, 5, we are told that, um, that, that one day uh, Christ will confess our names bef uh, before the angels of the Father. Now, <coughs> some person might say, well, um, if all of the Olfanims have fallen, uh, which angels will these be? Will these be angels that have become regenerated? Well, you, you mustn't forget that all the archangels and that all of the different or, uh, um, angels that are, are of the higher uh, um, levels and are in to the top hierarchies that they are they all are are, are co-owned and so there are angels within them co-owned in them if they themselves did not fall then those angels within them then also did not fall and so you're talking about sometimes just numbers that's almost beyond imagination that that is, you get up into these really higher ranks of these very very top angels um, <clears throat> that are that are moving toward the highest echelon of godship. Uh, they they have numbers of angels in them uh, that that are just beyond counting, and uh, so so um, uh, when it says the father's angels. Uh, there's all those co-owned angels uh, that are not part of the fallen angels of the Ophanim. And, uh, and, and all the, our names are going to be confessed before them. And this is going to be an awesome, incredible, beautiful thing. Now, chapter 14. This is so important, this chapter. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. People get to dividing things. And, 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 you know, I've had people say, what, who do I pray to? The Bible says you can ask anything in the name of Jesus and it'll be done. But that's not the whole story. You have to read the whole story. You can't take something and you shouldn't take something out of context. Because Jesus made it very, very clear as to what the order is. And he says, when you pray, he says, I want you to pray like this. My Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And so, you see, the preference, that the top thing, as we will see when we read through these scriptures, the scriptures will prove it to you, is the Father. The Father. And the people have not come into the Father like they should come into the Father. And that's why the church is antiquated and it's backward. Because Jesus said, you know, that this thing with the Father is such a priority 
and that there's only a few of the disciples, as it was showing, that understood it. That this is the revelation of the sage, ladies and gentlemen, that has got to get out. Let not your heart be troubled. What do we have in most of the churches today? We have troubled churches, troubled people. Like this minister that was recently um, showing on, on um, uh, news uh, who was saying that all of the... Um, uh, all of the, the the people that have sexual differentiations uh, that they should be put in in a a fenced uh, place where they couldn't get out and and they should just drop the food down to them from an airplane that flies over and uh, uh, treat them like uh, prisoners uh, because of their their uh, differentiation uh, and uh, and so it so it is a judgment and it it is so interesting. And strange that two things that Jesus said. He said, I came not to judge. Although he says the Father has, is not going to judge. And he's put the judgment in my hand. But he says, I came not to judge. And he says, I came not to condemn the world. He came to save the world. And, and, and yet in the pulpits of today's churches, that is not the attitude. It's not a Jesus attitude. It's not a father attitude. There is judgment there. There is trouble there. There's conspiracies there. There is a riving up. And, 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 and there's people that are following. And, and it's like uh, the amphitheaters uh, in the days of Rome when, when thousands of people Almost the whole populace would go out to these huge, massive uh, uh, places and would watch people being killed and tormented. Even the Christians were brought out there, and they would watch them having their heads uh, and bodies severed by animals, and, and they would, it would be entertainment to them. We've got something almost similar to that type of thing happening today in the churches, in, in which there, there is a... a a rhetoric uh, that just w wants to to pick up guns and rifles and and weapons and and uh, go out there in the name of religion and and, and just begin to battle and, and kill whoever gets in your way, and that is not the plan of God. That is not what Jesus taught. That is not the plan of God. But even in the days of the of the Jews of Jerusalem, of the Roman occupation. Uh, that's what the religious sect of that day, they wanted to fight. They wanted to fight uh, the, the, the Roman Empire. And, and if they had any sense in their brain and understood a little bit of, of mathematical statistics, uh, they would have known that they could not defeat uh, the, the army of, of uh, Rome. Oh, sure, there's a battle here and a battle there that they might win. But, but they were not able to. And all it ended up doing was causing horrible suffering and death and affliction to come upon the people and to cause the people to go into captivity. And you've got the same kind of thing going on with the churches today. They're not minding their own business. They're not into the love of, of God, in, in, into the not judging, not condemning of God. But they're out there trying to be uh, 
political, trying to be judgmental, uh, and and there are preachers out there that are preaching this uh, for to create excitons and and to get the people stirred up and to make them think that they've got a message from God. They don't have a message from God. That message is not from God, and if it's not from God, guess who it's from? You figure it out. Okay. So, let not your heart be troubled. That's the message of the manifest. That's the message of the Spirit of John. That's the message of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. That's the message of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. This is so important, Jesus is saying that I am taking the time to tell you about the Father's house. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. The Father's house is connected to you. And I'm going there for your sake to prepare a place. Well, why don't you prepare the place here on earth? Because that's not the plan. That's not the the call. that's That's not the instructions of the Father, Jesus would say. Jesus was very clear to to the to to um, uh, those authorities uh, that were getting ready to trial to put him in under trial <coughs> and were uh, you know going to eventually crucify him uh, that that uh, that that there was something very very different about um, this whole thing that he was involved in and and that the the people were just uh, uh, ignorant that that uh, uh, and he says this. This this is quite the scripture. He says this in um, in John uh, eighteen, verse thirty six. And Jesus answered, "My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight." Now, what is he saying? He said, "I'm not going to fight." This isn't my kingdom. If it were, if if this was my kingdom, and then what does he mean? He says, "Not of this world." That's that's that word is also the universe, the cosmos. My kingdom is not of this cosmos. This universe here is not my universe. My universe was the Troniverse, which was the first universe after the Alpha Ages, and this universe is not my universe. And I am not called to fight if, if, if this were my universe that I was from, that I was trying to bring together these certain things, then my servants would, would fight, they would war. <coughs> but that's not the plan. That is not the plan. My kingdom is from the, the Tronverse universe, not this universe. And if it were of this world, then my servants would fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. The fact of the matter is, a kingdom is not from here. And you people that are fallen ophanims, this is not your universe. You have fallen into it. You were supposed to be creators creating in it, but you have fallen into it because of error and sin. And you've, you have, have fallen into the matter of, of mortal bodies and you've lost your memories and only the Holy Ghost can restore it. 
and you don't remember who you were. You don't remember that you're a fallen angel, a failed messenger. And consequently, then what do we have going? You know, people say, this is my universe. Uh, this is the universe you're working in. This is your workshop. But it's not the universe you were born in. It's not your universe. Troniverse is the universe you came from. And so if you, you get all mixed up like you are, then you're not going to be able to understand what Jesus was saying about the Father's house. You're not going to be able to understand that message because you're into the glue of the old concepts and the old ideas that have no value as far as pure truth. And so God is speaking. And Jesus is making it clear, my kingdom is not of this universe. This universe is not my kingdom. We're not from here, and, and uh, we're not going out there you know, fighting. That's the last thing we're going to do, especially fighting, fighting uh, w w with these people who say, well, that's the Romans. We need to fight them. Yeah, well, the Romans are fallen angels too. So theoretically and consequently, that when you go out there and you start telling other humans, and some say, yeah, well, they're really bad. Yeah, well, there's no one righteous. Did you think there was someone righteous out there? Did you think you were righteous? <laughs> the Bible says that you're not. The Bible says there's no one righteous. And the Bible says that, that the, 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 the Jewish people, the uh, people of Israel, that tried to live by the laws of Moses, they couldn't do it. It wasn't possible to live that, that kind of a life by, by the laws of, of Moses. Because the human body is just not capable of that kind, kind of living. And so there's none righteous, not one. And only through Jesus Christ is there, is there a hope of salvation and grace for, for, for getting out of this Tartarou. So people need to, you know, need to get, get it straight. Why, the, why, when the angels were warring in heaven, the, the, the cherubim didn't want to come to war against Lucifer and his co-owned angels because cherubims didn't want to have to war against cherubims. And if people on this earth could get it into their brain that the ophanims should not be warring against ophanims, and they should be praying, and they should be waiting before God, and they should be pleading, then the world could be changed. Because, come on, this is not our universe. This is just a havoc that we are into. And it's not time to condemn, and it's not time to bring charges, and it's not time to, to hope to put people in imprisonment compounds, although I'm not against what has to be done to regulate things. I'm just saying, don't go out there making it worse than it is by trying to drum up, uh, you know, uh, extracurricular uh, activities of a negative nature. Okay, now let's get back over into chapter 14 of John. Let not your heart be troubled. In my Father's house, verse 2, are many mansions. There's a great preparation. There's something going on. And he says, and I go to prepare a place for you, and I will come again. So within this world, there is a place that, that is neutral, that, that has a, an opportunity 
for people to go. It's not the heaven of heavens because the heaven of heavens is perfect. It can't be made change. It's spirit. It's not physical. So there's some other kind of, of place that is a physical place because there, you have to prepare and you have to do things uh, to make a preparation uh, for the people that are going to overcome and that are going to come uh, to that place. Now we have some really good uh, hints on this. So uh, let's just take a look at, at Don't Lose Your Place in, uh, um, in the book of um, John, but uh, skip over to Matthew 21, 33. Matthew 21, 33. And let's just take a look at, at, uh, at an incredible parable that is without question or doubt about this revelation of the Father's house. Okay, so we're, we're looking at uh, Matthew 21, and we're looking at verse 33. And, um, and uh, here's what it says. Hear another parable. There was a certain householder. Householder. H-O-U-S-E, holder. Now, in John 14, verse 2, in my father's house. This story is about a house and about the person who's in charge, father's house, householder. So we've got this parable about this householder, father's house, which planted a vineyard and hedged it around about and digged a wine press in it and built a tower and led it out to the husbandman and went out into a far country. Now, when we look at the scripture, we find in um, uh, Matthew 21, 33, and Mark 12, 1, that the, the Greek word is the same. And it basically means far country. Basically means out of, out of bounds. You know, like, like far away. Uh, abroad, and that type of a thing. Now, there's another case in which, in Luke, it talks about this prodigal son that goes into a far country. But the word for that uh, just, just means territory and local. It does not mean a far country, even though that is the wording uh, that they translated into in, in the Luke story of the prodigal son going away to a far country. It was just going to another territory, and, and it was not the same word. But this far country, then, is a description of the Father's house. So, in this parable, this husbandman, who was a householder, you know, um, or this, um, this householder led it out to husbandmen, this is be servants, and they went, and, and then, then he, he, he made a plan. He said they planted a vineyard. They hedged it around about. They digged a wine press. And they built a tower. And then they let it out to husbandmen. And then this householder went away unto a far country. So the far country and the householder are connected. 
And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the that that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandmen took his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. Now this is what's happening in the church today. This is what's going on in the church today. If you don't line up with the philosophy and the doctrine of the of the church and you come in and and you try to you know to to receive uh, uh, the benefits of the Word of God that belongs to you, uh, they are ready to ostracize you, to put you down, and even they're willing to kill you. They're willing to, 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 call, to call you, uh, you know, like uh, a mark of the beast and, uh, and, and to call you uh, a Satan and to call you a devil and, and, and to tell people that you should be killed. And this has happened throughout the courses of history, in which uh, the Catholics have, have called some of the Protestants uh, the Antichrist and the Mark of the Beast. The, the, um, the, the, the um, uh, Protestants have called the Catholics, uh, some of the priests, uh, Mark of the Beast and, and, and Antichrist. Uh, and and uh, they have, uh, you know, put that title on, uh, you know, people that were currently in leadership at that time. Uh, it turned out that both the Catholics were incorrect and, and the Protestants were incorrect because uh, not, not, neither in either case did, was there a, a forthcoming in that particular person that they named as being the mark of the beast or, or the Antichrist. And so we got, you know, Christians turning on Christians and, and, and uh, you know, killing them, destroying them. It's the same thing that's happening right here. And, and, and the, the, the householder has gone away to a far country. So, th so when it says, in my father's house, far country is, is a proper name for this, for this place called the father's house. And it's abroad. It's not on this planet. And it's, it's a goodly distance. It's a far country. But it's a country. It's not, it's not heaven in the sense of the heaven of heavens. Sure, it's a planet. And it has a heaven. It has a firmament. Just like in Genesis, the earth has a firmament, which is heaven. But get this, ladies and gentlemen, this is important. It's a, it's, it's a country. And when the time drew near, you know, he sent his service, husbandmen, they might receive fruits, it said. Then verse 35, the husbandmen, husbandmen took his servants and beat one, killed another. Again, he sent more servants. The same thing happened. Verse 37, but at last he sent unto them his son. This would be Jesus Christ, saying, they will reverence my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. Wow. Therefore the, the Lord, therefore, of the vineyard cometh. What will he do to these husbandmen? Now, what we've got from there, let's go back to John 14, we've got that on this earth there has been these different 
messengers that have come. And they have been killed. They have been mistreated. These people that have the truth. And these people that are supposed to be messengers of the gospel, messengers of the truth, they're the ones that are killing these people. And no wonder Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. This is a message to the world. Churches out there. In my Father's house are many mansions. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Wow. So now we're beginning to see this designation of householder is connected to the Father's house and that the Father's house is a country which means it's a livable planet. And we're beginning to get the story, and it's right here in the Bible. We're not getting this from some other uh, book. We're not getting this from some kind of a uh, historical thing of uh, some ancient uh, uh, people that lived uh, years and, and, and years ago. <coughs> But we're getting this um, right from the Bible. We're showing you the words. We're showing you the terms. It's real. Wow. It's incredible. I go to prepare a place. And he says, I will come again and receive you into myself, that where I am, which will be the Father's house, that there you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know, He's saying, you know, you know this. And, and that's because this was the Artesian plan, not the uh, Buodes Artesia, but Artesian from a different connection uh, indirectly and not directly with the Buodes uh, Artesia. Now, the Boodis thing is a constellation, and in it is the, is the star Artura. And the, the man that they show is, as in the constellation of Boodis is called the coming one. Some people said that's Hercules, but many people have understood it to be the coming of the Savior. And, and so there's all kinds of, of connections uh, that are they're written in the stars as well as being written in the Bible. But the Bible does connect to all of that. And so it makes it just an absolutely quite beautiful thing. Now, while we let these verses just dangle a minute where we're at, um, in John fifteen fifteen, it says, For all things that I have heard uh, of my Father, I have made known unto, unto you, all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. That means that during the ministry of Jesus Christ here on earth, that Jesus Christ unfolded and revealed incredible things to his disciples, especially Peter, James, and John, who went up to the Mount of Transfiguration. And perhaps people like um, Paul, who heard things that were not lawful to utter. 
in his experience of going to the third paradise. Now, when I received the message from Gabriel the Archangel, he planted this holy manifest into my brain. And he said to me, you will now not remember these things that I have planted in your brain. But in the days of the holy manifest, these things I have planted will begin to come to your um, remembrance, piece and part at a time. And then you are to write these things down. So we see that, the, that it's very clear in the Bible that one of the attributes of the Holy Ghost is to bring to remembrance things. Now Jesus has told the disciples all about the Father's house. He's told them all about advanced things, gleaming cities, advanced spacecraft. But I'm sure that it's just like what happened to me when those things were implanted in me and I couldn't remember them because it was only meant for me to remember them as the Holy Ghost would quicken it when the Holy Ghost would come upon me. And like the experience with, with uh, Zacharias, who, who's, who became dumb and could not speak until, until at that moment when he was to speak and say, you shall call his name John. Even though this was not a family name, they knew that is what they were going to do. And so, when it is written in the last verse of the book of John, and when it says, and there are also many others, there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. If the things were written that should be written, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the, the books that, that should be written. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a criteria. There is a word of God. There is a deep oracle for books that should be written. Now, the world is flooded with books, but not necessarily the books that should be written. And this thing of the Father is the message that needs to be written, the Father's house and the Father. As we will see, it, it was the absolutely strong teaching of Jesus throughout all his ministry. He was constantly speaking about the Father. And we, we are called to carry on that ministry. Now, I read it again, John fifteen fifteen. For all things, all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Wow. Wow. Things like other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them I must bring, 
Oh, you must bring them, B-R-I-N-G, where are they? Oh, they're not, you're going away to the father's house, and you're going to be gone away, and you've got other sheep, they must be there. And at some point you're going to bring them, and they're going to meet the people of the earth. And that sort of sounds like the book of Jude, in which it says, in the book of Jude, and and I know uh, Jude is always a, a fascinating book to a lot of people, but uh, in, in, in which it very specifically and, and beautifully says, in Jude 14, And Enoch also, the servant, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these sayings, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. There's a day that this isn't a going away from the earth. This is a coming to the earth with ten thousands of saints. And Jesus revealed this to his disciples by the Holy Spirit and by his speaking unto them. He's going to be coming with these particular... And who are these? Well, they're, they're the, the Enochs, the children of Enoch that were taken to the planet of the Father's house. And one day, it's God's will to, to have those people meet the people here on the earth. Because, you know, they're, so to speak, they're, they're, they're all humans. They're cousins. Blessed be the name. Then I must bring, they, uh, they, them I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. It's part of the plan of God. Wow. Wow. Jesus talks about a time in John, the Gospel of John 151, and he says unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you hereafter, you shall see the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And there's such a revelation on this thing of the Son of Man. And while I am mentioning this, yesterday I put a new blog on the Son of Man, Son of God, Part 2. There's one or two little small corrections I have to make this afternoon, but it's an incredible it's an absolutely incredible blog, and and uh, it it is it is a it is a sensational breaker. Uh, you please must take the time to read that blog that's just been put on on the Manifestor site. Uh, it's it's the Son of Man, Son of God, Part Two. You want to read that? Wow. Wow. And he saith unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, after you shall, uh, after you shall see, um, uh, hereafter you shall see the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending. Wow. You see, that is what God is getting ready to do now. He's getting ready for you people to ha be able to, to op have your minds open. And to be able to see the, the angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Not the Son of God, the Son of Man. 
and this revelation, because until you understand the revelation about the Son of, of Man, you, you can't really get into the revelation in the, in the proper way about the Son of God. And, 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 and believe me, that is exactly Bible. Wow. <clears throat> now, um, one of the things about the Father's house, you know, John 16, 28 says, I came forth from the Father. And we have to understand, we, we, when we're talking about our Jesus, who we love, we have to, have to understand his originality, his origin. He came forth from the Father. You can't ever forget that. You can't ever dismiss that. You can't ever minimize that. Wow. Now, in the Father's house, which we call Artura, it is frequently visited by various angels. And, and there are gleaming cities there. There are incredible things there on Artura, the Father's house. And when we say these angels are, are visiting, remember the angels that came into this universe uh, from the first domain, they took bodies. They're not all the same. The cherubims have, have certain kind of bodies. They have a similarity to humans. And the, the, and the seraphims took bodies. And the ophanims took bodies. And, and that is described, uh, you know, back all the way to Genesis. Uh, you know, it says that uh, uh, very, very clearly uh, in the Word, it says, and God said, let us, and the word is Elohim, let us make man. So the gods said, the angels said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. The gods created these humans to have a bodies similar to what the angels had chosen to take. And on this planet, Artura, the Father's house, uh, there's different angels that come by. The seraphim, the cherubim, dignitaries, and they have physical bodies. And so if you would be there, then you would be able to, to meet some of these seraphims and, and to talk with them. And it, it would be an experience beyond anything on earth you'd be able to talk to some of these cherubims and you would know that they were cherubims. You'd be able to tell immediately and you'd be able to tell which ones are the cher seraphims. And they are all and signified to, to, as to what they are. And, and you'd be able to, to tell the people that are uh, dignitaries, that are uh, you know, there for a particular uh, phase of time. And, uh, and any of the regenerated ophanims, uh, you'd be able to look at them. They're going to have physical bodies. Because, because just being a spirit in this universe uh, isn't a good communication program. If you want to communicate with, with, with the living creatures, then you need to have a physical body, which is a physical means for communication. And that is just the way it works in universes. Spirits take on bodies. Now, there have been 
seven universes, and the Bible talks about the seven spirits of God, and we've done the teaching on it, and we've shown that these seven spirits of God are, are not just a singular term, but they are a, a, a plurality that each spirit represents, you know, multi-millions of those who overcame each particular universe. And um, um, there are then seven different kinds of angels. Three of the different kinds, of course, is the seraphim, the cherubim, and the ophanim. And then there are four additional kinds. Well, sometimes they have a all universes throne conference. That's when all of the the angels. Now they don't do this on on uh, the planet Artura. Well, I'm just throwing some of this stuff in. When they have this conference, all of the seven groups of the angels come to this throne conference. Now, as to co-owning, we have so far just told people about being co-owned with your own kind of angels, like Ophanim's uh, co-own with someone who's advanced, and they're an Ophanim. But additionally, one of the plans of God is that all of the different seven kinds of angels, that there's to be at least a minimum of two or three of all these different kinds of angels, like a, a, a say, a high-ranking uh, seraphim would have at least two or three of every kind of angel that had reached that highest point of overcoming co-owned with them. And there's a purpose and a reason for this because it makes uh, uh, all these angels of the universes to be able to have a unity and to come into a oneness. But that only happens with the angels who are called throne angels. And, and that is even higher than an archangel. And so the, the throne angels, they have that capability uh, where they can add angels from each of the other universes so they have a complete uh, physical, spiritual uh, spectrum. And these are things that you know, someone says, well, there's no Bible for that. Of course there is. There's Bible for all these things we're telling. and uh, But we just can't stand here and be telling you every single scripture every moment. Okay? Now, um, let's go back to the, the 14th chapter of, um, of John, the Father's house. And let's look down at um, verse 9. And Jesus said, Have I been so long with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believe thou that I am, in, I am in the Father, and the Father in me. And the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Well, I read to you the scripture where that the Bible actually says that the Father, by the Holy Spirit, speaks through us whenever we are uh, in a tight or before some kind of a judgment seat. 
and and uh, we're not to try to figure those things out on our own, but the Father. So what Jesus was saying was happening to him, the Bible also says happens to us. So he is saying that, no, you know, in other places, no man has ever seen the Father. But by the Spirit, by the Father being in Jesus, or by the Father being in you, when the Father is operating, you can see the works of the Father. Once your mind has come up to the cognitive level of that spiritual insight, now Philip here, he he didn't seem to quite have it. He he just wasn't recognizing that about Jesus, so he was missing out on a major part of the teachings of Jesus. Wow. Verse twelve: Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these, because I go to the Father. According to what Jesus said, the reason you are going to be able to do the works that you do, and even greater works, is because that Jesus goes to the Father. In other words, if he didn't go to the Father, then those works would not be able to be accomplished by you. So this thing about the Father is a connection, it's a link line, it's an essentiality, an essentiality to the works and the superworks that we are going to be able to do. Take the Father out of the picture and you take the superworks of Christ out of the picture. Verse 13. We're in chapter 14 of, of, of John. And, who, and who, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And what Jesus was looking for was that the Father that was in, in him to be glorified. Wow. Verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall uh, be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And yet, a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But, you, but ye see me, because I live, you shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Now, if you haven't got this thing where you're, you're into the Father and the Father's in you, then you are living in the shallow land of revelation. You are living at the, at the, at the highest level, uh, only the 30-fold. Wow. Wow. Verse 21. He that hath, hath, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him 
and will manifest myself to him. And, and Judas saith unto him, not the Iscariot Judas, but another Judas, Lord, how is it that thou wilt, re, thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? <coughs> and Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. And what he was saying is the reason that he will manifest himself unto these people and not unto others is because they are not ready to have this exchange of, of love. Because he says, if you, if you love me and keep my words, the Father then will love you and we will come unto you and make our abode with you, being those persons that, that love him. Wow. Okay, let's uh, turn to verse uh, 28. We're still in uh, chapter 14. You have heard how I said unto you, <clears throat> I go away and will come again unto you. If you love me, you would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. I go unto the Father for the Father is greater than I. Jesus is very clear with this. He says, I'm not going out on my own. I'm not starting a new religion. I'm not starting a new program. I'm going to the Father because my Father is greater than I. Wow. Verse 31. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Now Jesus says, everything that I do, I do it as a result of the commandments of the Father. Okay? Verse 15, chapter 15. John 15, chapter 15. We're going through the Bible here. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. All things I have heard of the Father. Of which the Bible says, if all the things were written that should be written, the world couldn't even contain it. Now dare anybody, dare anybody, when we are beginning to give these revelations about the Father and the Father's house, Begin to challenge that and narrow down on that and try to carve that perspective out of the picture. When the very Bible scripture, as I read to you, says, these things have been revealed from the Father. And he says, everything that I, the Father has told me, he says, I have shared with you all things I've heard of the Father, I've, I have made known to you. And, and, and of which things the last verse of the last chapter of John says is so much that the world could hardly contain it. Now where are we going on this, people? Is there anybody getting interested in, in, in getting the Father thing going in their life? When you pray, Jesus said, pray to the Father. Father, 
My Father which art in heaven, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want you people to get into the Father. Blessed be the name of God. We're in chapter 15, verse 19 now, of 15. If ye were of the world, the world would love its, his own. But because you are not of the world, I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Whoa. Now what is it saying here? Well, what it's saying is that the word here for world is cosmos. And it's saying you are not of this universe. This is not your universe. You've got to get this straight. You think you're earthly and you think you're sons of, of this universe. But you're not. You're Ophanim. You belong to the Troniverse. This is not your world, your universe, your cosmos. If you were of this universe, things would be entirely different. This world would be in sympathetic vibration to you. But you are not of this world, and there's something about your spirit that is picked up by this world, and it knows that you are an alien. You are not from this world. Wow. And we've got to get that into the people. We've got to get that message out. This is the message of the Father's house. We've got to get it out. Wow. Chapter 15, verse 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall hear witnesses, because you have been with me from the beginning. You're not of this world. You've been with me from the beginning. But I'm going to send you the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And it's going to bring these things into remembrance. You'll be able to remember these things. Wow. Once again, in chapter 16, verse 28, it says this again. I came forth from the Father and am, and, am come unto the world again. Okay. I've, I've, I will, I've come into the universe again. I leave the world. I go to the Father. Now, does it mean he leaves the universe? No, he leaves this whole concept that this universe is the world that belongs to the Ophanims, is the world that they're a part of. And so the message is so important and it's so clear so that we can really understand what is really being said. You know, he's not going out of this universe. Where, where would he go? <laughs> you know? Uh, no, and that's not what the message is. But the, I, the I, ideology, the, the, the inference of, and the elements of that inference as to belonging to this, to this universe and thinking that you are sons of this universe. You've got to get that out of your head. You're Ophanim. There's going to one day be sons of this universe. They're part of the new creations. But that's not you. 
<clears throat> and here's the answer to it. It's chapter 17, verse 5. And now, O, o Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the universe was. <clears throat> before the universe was. That's the mentality that I want. That's the relationship that I want with you, Father. Because what you represent is who we were. It's the message of the Ophanim. It's the message about the Son of Man, the Son of God. Wow. Chapter 17, verse 16. He's talking about his disciples. They are not of the world. They are not of the universe. That's the word cosmos. Even as I am not of this cosmos, this universe. As thou hast sent me into the world, the cosmos, even so I also send them into the cosmos. Verse 27, 21. Same chapter, 17. That they may all be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, and they also may be one in us, that the world may, may believe that thou hast sent me. Wow. Wow. Verse 24. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundations of the universe. That's the Father's message. That's the, that, that's the revelation of the Father's house. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it that the love where, wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. Wow. Wow. The Father's house. The house of prayer. The house of breath and width. The house of height. The house of replies. The house of a new son. The house of, of a palace. Many mansions. The house of bread. The Father's bread comes down in the form of Jesus Christ. Jesus acknowledges that. Wow. Wow. So the Bible says in the books of Acts, Acts 3, 20 through 21, and just, just let me take the time to read it because it's such an important verse. Okay, Acts uh, chapter 3, verse 20. Because if we don't get this story down, then you're just going to be confused. Like a whole lot of people are out there that don't know if they're coming or going. They're just going to become more and more confused. Okay, here we go. Chapter 3, verse 20. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which was preached, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive, the heaven. <laughs> That's talking about the Father's house. Must receive until the times of restitution of all things, 
which God has spoken by the mouth of the, his holy prophets since the world began. Wow. Whew. That is so important. We have to understand that Jesus is at this place and he, he will stay there until the times of the restitution of all, of all things. That's where he's going to be. That's what the scripture just is that I read. That's what it says. And now we have the Holy Spirit that, in which we can contact the Father, in which we can contact the Son. It's an extremely exciting time. Wow. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> Let's move on here. There's uh, just so much to share and so much to talk about. <clears throat> In this incredible oracle of Proverbs 30 and 4, I want to read it again. Who has ascended up into heaven? Or who has descended? That's described in Ephesians 4, 9 through 10. And it's in the book of Proverbs. It comes from the book of Proverbs 30 and 4. Proverbs 30 and 4, this oracle. It's an oracle of wisdom. And there's also a scripture verifying this. Who has ascended who has descended? In Psalms 68, 18. Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has bound the waters in his garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? Well, we know who that is. That's Yahweh, Jesus Christ. And what is his son's name? Oh, wait, oh, oh, hey, wait a minute. You're saying that Jesus Christ has a son? Yeah. Tell me his name if, if you can discern. That's in Psalm, uh, Proverbs 34. Now, the people out there that are refusing to come into the understanding of this, of this revelation of Mary Magdalene, of, of this revelation of, you know, what is man and its meaning of, you know, the son of man and the son of God. And the relativeness of, of that understanding, how important it is. It is so important, people. It is so very, very, very important. Let's read it again. Proverbs 34, Oracle of Wisdom. Who has ascended up into the heavens or who has descended? Check it out in Ephesians 4, 9 through 10. Check it out. In Psalm 68, 18, you'll see that it's Jesus. Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has bound the, the waters in his garment? The waters represent the people, the blood. And, the, and in Revelation, it, it tells us about this garment, this vesture that he wears. What is his name? Yaviel Jesus. And what is his son's name, if you can discern? There's a mystery out there that's been hidden. 
And what people have not understood is that there was a group of secret disciples. And Joseph of Armenia was one of those disciples. That was a secret disciple, the Bible says. And it's so important to understand that there was the regular disciples, but there was the secret disciples. And a part of that group of secret disciples, of course, was Mary Magdalene. She was a secret disciple. And, and there was a reason for it, because, and it says it in the scripture, because of protecting those people from being slaughtered and killed by the Jews. Wow. Even when that blind man was healed, that it mentions in the Bible, the the, church, the the temple people had the father and mother of that person that was blind healed and began to question them. And the scripture says that they knew they had to be real careful how they answered it because these, these people had decided that if they said anything in any way to support Jesus Christ in his method of healing their son, that they would, they would be uh, cast out from the synagogue. They would not be able to uh, come to the synagogue anymore. Well, in those days and in, in, in ages, uh, to be disconnected from the synagogue uh, could, could, might possibly mean starvation. Uh, because, uh, you know, if you get cut off from the people, they, uh, of how people trade and buy and sell and, and are connected, um, it, it, can, it can mean your life. So they had to be very careful how they answered it. And, and so this thing of the secret uh, disciples is a real big thing. So it's very, very important. And, and, there's, a, and, and there's a mystery. Well, what, what is his son's name? Yahweh has a son. It says so right here. But, but who can declare it? God is wanting to open up the minds of people. He's wanting to get this revelation out because it all connects to this awesome revelation that, uh, that, that Jesus is, is bringing into uh, a fulfillment of understanding. It, it is absolutely a super important. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to go back to uh, the book of uh, the Gospel of John. And I just want to, uh, as quickly as possible, go through, because we're running out of time here, and begin to show you, as I read quite you know, speedily, all the scriptures in the book of John that talk about the Father. And I won't be reading them all, but I just want you to see that the, almost this biggest part of the, of the Gospel of John is about the Father. Okay. Um, chapter 1, verse 18. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. So, it's talking about some very interesting things. And uh, we just mainly want to go through these. Okay. All right. Uh, let's look at, um, and like I say, I'm not doing all of them. Um <clears throat> Uh, chapter um, uh, four, uh, three. 
verse 35, chapter 3, verse, The Father loveth the Son, and hath given all things into his hands. All things are given into his hands. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's look at, um, at chapter 4, uh, verse 23. But the hour cometh, and is now when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. The Father is, is seeking people to understand this message of the Father. You know, there is a relevance there. The minute that you say Father and Son, there is inferred that something intimate has happened for, this, for the Father to have a Son. And, and you have these terms, Father and Son. And when you realize it, that the first message that was spoken to the human race was to be fruitful and multiply. And the reason today that people can't hardly talk about this subject is because there is an insanity out there in everything from advertising and everything from life living, in the political world, in the workshops, <coughs> There, there, there is a, a sexual scheme, slimy sexual mentality that has uh, perforated the whole world. And there are so many people that have been given to that that they are bound by it. And so it's difficult for them in any way to recognize the importance of understanding what the, what the Bible has to say on, on the spiritual side of things and on the physical side of things. At least they begin to, uh, you know, promote and think the very wrong kind of things. Okay. Um, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. The, the God is, the Father is looking for people that will worship him in the spirit. Chapter 5. Verse 20, for the Father loveth the Son, and, le and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises up the dead, now get a hold of this, and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. So we see that the very power of resurrection is taught to Jesus by the Father. For the Father judges no man, but has committed all judgment to the Son. That all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the, the Son, honoreth not the Father, which has sent him. Wow. So the Father raises up the dead, in verse 21 of chapter 5, and quickens them. And so the Son quickeneth whom he will. He's been taught this by the Father. Okay, chapter 5, verse 26. For as the Father hath the life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. Verse 36. But I, I uh, have greater witness than that of John, for the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father hath sent me. And the Father himself which hath sent me hath borne witness of me, 
You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. Verse 43. I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If I came in someone else's name, him you would receive. Or if someone else came in their own name, him you would receive. Um, chapter um, 6. Chapter 6. Um, okay. Um, in verse 27. For him hath God the Father sealed. Um, verse uh, 33. For the bread of God is that which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. And in verse 32 it explains that. Then said he unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. This is all tied into the Father. Verse, uh, verse 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and uh, him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again the last day. This is so powerful. This is so incredible. Verse 44, No man can come to me except the Father which sent me draw him, and I will raise him up. This is all tied into the Father. All the, the ministry of Jesus is under the banner of the Father. All the miracles, the resurrection, all under the banner of the Father. Verse 45, And it is written of the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God. Every man, therefore, uh, that hath heard, and that hath learn, learned of the Father, cometh unto me. Now that, uh, not, not that any man hath seen the Father, save he that is, which is of God, he hath seen the Father. And that is just through uh, to the to the seventh chapter, and if and if, and we could just keep going. Uh, there is verse after verse after verse, like in the um, the eighth chapter, verse twenty nine. The Father has not le left me alone, I, for I always do things that please Him. Verse thirty eight. I speak that which I have seen with my Father. And ye do that which ye have seen with your father. Verse 42, Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded and came forth from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. The Father sent me. Wow. Verse 54, It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I know him not, I shall be a liar. But I know him and keep his saying. The Father, my Father which art in heaven. I want to continue this Father revelation next week. I want you to know that this thing about the Father is major. The Father seeking those that will, by the Spirit, come into this revelation. God wants you to have an understanding of the reality and the fulfillment of what the Father means. The Father 
is the one that sent Jesus. The Father is the one who has showed him. While he was mind is still seeking to remember things, the Father has come and comforted him and told him the things that as a full-fledged archangel, Lord of hosts, he wouldn't have known. But having come into the human body, there are limitations that come in, but the Father is there to comfort, to love, to guide, and to show the Son the way. And the Father tonight is looking to reach out to you, to love you, to care for you, to heal you, to deliver you, to save you. My Father, my Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. My Father, reach out tonight to the sick, to the lonely, to the despairing. Comfort them, O God. Reach out to the listeners of this broadcast and open their minds and their ears and help them to understand the importance of the Father message. God bless you. God loves you. I love you. We love you. God bless you. Good night.